You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good evening. Buenos noches. Aloha. Welcome to Metro Vision Studios. My name is Reese Kia Aina. Thank you so much for tuning in to our midweek service tonight. Uh, we're grateful to have you here. We are in week nine of isolation. Uh, I do want to encourage the whole church and uh, thank you so much for being disciplined and keeping up with our social distancing, washing our hands, uh, wearing our masks. I'm going to start with two announcements tonight before I begin. Our first announcement is that we're looking for a audio soundboard engineer. So if you have a, if you'd like to be trained in that, have a desire for that, please call me, uh, or email me. Uh, we'll, we're looking for one right now as we get back to hopefully regional services in the future and we'll have a sound guy, our very own sound guy. The second announcement I have is, we have a special opportunity coming up next week, starting this Sunday, May 17th, going all the way till May 24th, the, the following Sunday. And it is a opportunity that we have to give a special missions contribution. This contribution will be going toward meeting the needs of disciples in Africa, Asia, as well as in Latin America. And so how can we give? Well, there's two ways. You can go to our website, MetroLARegion.com, and under a certain tab of special missions, you can designate your money there, and it'll, it'll, it'll be labeled like that. Or you can go to our church app, and basically under a, a special missions label there as well, uh, you can give, and uh, the monies that we get are going to be able to meet the needs of disciples. You know, in the first world, often... Uh, it could be an inconvenience right now as we're in quarantine or as we're in lockdown. But for many of our brothers and sisters around the world, uh, they don't have food. And so we have a great opportunity to be able to meet some needs in the next week or so. So be praying about this day. I believe Hope Worldwide has already collected over 1.3 million going to be able to meet the needs of disciples all over the world. And so our church has a phenomenal opportunity. So let's be praying about that as we go into next, next week. We've been also doing a series. We're in week six of our series called Seeing Life from God's View. And these are the lessons that we've already done so far. Finding God's plan, focusing on the eternal, looking for the good, realizing you're made for such a time as this, as well as last week, we talked about realizing that now is the time for action. And we studied about how the gospel spread all throughout the first four centuries. And and we looked at two ways that perhaps maybe we, we may have been shocked by to see how the catalyst that kind of spread the gospel worldwide uh it was through persecution by the Roman Empire, as well as the different pandemics. And we got a chance to see how many pandemics happened throughout history from the second century to present. And it helps us to get some perspective that in the midst of these pandemics in the first century, those pandemics lasted 15 to 20 years. And, and we're going into week nine. And it just shows you how resilient the disciples were in the first four centuries. And, and I hope it gives us encouragement to stay the course and to do great spiritually during this time. Uh, fantastic uh, faith and heart of all the disciples there. And those early Christians responded with faith 
you know, they prayed for boldness, right? To preach the word as well as they loved till it hurt. And God used them in an incredible way. But, you know, as the, as the gospel spread, different challenges came about. And as Paul did three missionary journeys, by the time we get to the third missionary journey, we're going to look at this tonight is how Paul lived in the midst of quarantine in Rome, where he was in a house arrest for two years. Remember now we're in week nine and he was in house arrest for two years. But let me ask you this question. Does anybody know what the first, do you know what the first quarantine in the Bible was? The first quarantine in the Bible. Think about that for a second. Noah's Ark. I mean, who imagine that? The first quarantine was Noah's Ark. Now imagine for a second that you're in the Ark for almost a year. I believe I did some research on it that no, the, you know, Noah was in his Ark, in his Ark for 300, I believe 364 days. Go, go ahead and do some research on that. But can you imagine being in an ark with your family, but also all the animals at that time? I mean, man, talk about a quarantine. That can give us some perspective in ours. And what I'm going to talk about tonight is this quarantine. The way we spend our time during our quarantine can define who we are. And I want to give props to a brother in South Cities. His name is Vince Flowers. I had a leaders meeting just recently and Vince did this lesson here, uh, a short lesson for all of our leaders in South Cities. And I wanted, I asked him if I could share it tonight. And so a lot of the material here is from Vince and I appreciate Vince's uh, partnership, but we're going to be talking about quarantine, how we how Paul spent his time during two years of house arrest. Now, I want you to think about how you've been spending your time for the last nine weeks, okay? Perhaps you've had some quarantine activities going on in your own household. Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, Disney Channel, right? You, you might have, you know, I've looked at at least three of these. I, I don't really subscribe to Disney Channel, but for sure I have these three. And, you know, we've been spending our time, great family time there. But have you been binging on these things right here? Netflix, Prime, Hulu, Disney. Have you been binging on that or have you been binging on the Word of God? Uh, on Bama podcast. Many of you are, are diving into Bama podcast and spending some great time there. Perhaps you've been binging on prayer and, and getting more discipling in your life. But, you know, you might be having some of these quarantine activities by spending time. And these are all great things to spend, you know, to spend our time in and have some great time. But our quarantine or quarantine right now could be spent on things that would really further the gospel. Amen. And so that's what we're going to be studying tonight. It's easy to think during the pandemic to go, man, once this pandemic ends, I'm going to be ready to go. I, I'm going to do a lot better. The Holy Spirit is going to inspire me. And I'm going to, once we get out of this pandemic, but I want to encourage us that in the midst of the pandemic, God can do phenomenal things just like they did in, just like God did in the first century. And so what did Paul do in his, in a lockdown? Okay. How did he spend his time during the first two years of his house arrest. And so here's a passage I want you to look at right now. Our quarantine situation of Paul being in the city of being in Rome. 
In Acts 28, verse 30, it says, For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. You know, Paul was a prisoner preaching about Jesus. He was on house arrest for two years, where in in the first century, when uh, a prisoner was valued or, or deemed as important, they were put on house arrest, not necessarily just jail time, but house arrest like this, where he got a chance to be in his own house, uh, a rented facility, uh, but he would be chained to a guard 24-7. And in the midst of, can you imagine not leaving your house for two years? Okay, Think about that thought for a second, not leaving your house for two years. And then think of this thought that while you're in your house for two years, you have somebody chained to you. And that's how Paul lived his life. And yet in the midst of, I mean, that would, that, that would make me discouraged. You know, the news this week was that our stay at home order has been extended to the, I believe for LA County to the end of July. And I don't know how you feel about that, that, but that kind of, that kind of discouraged me for a second. But what helped me in it is looking at Paul that in the midst of his quarantine, his lockdown for two years, that dude had a guy chained to him, and yet he still was about the Lord's business. So convicting. He took advantage of the time that he had rather than just being discouraged like I was in, in, in the beginning of this week. And he didn't just get discouraged or depressed or down or discontent. And so look at some of the quarantine practices he did while he was on house arrest. He welcomed disciples. Disciples got a chance to see him and he welcomed those people in his house. Now, remember, there's a guy chained to him. I wonder what that fellowship must have been like. That must have been a talk about awkward, you know, awkward moments, right? Uh, hey, how's it going? You know, Bruce Evans, come on in, bro. Oh, by the way, I know there's a dude right here sitting here. It's our Roman guard here, but let's talk. How are you doing? You know, imagine that whole scene right there. That must have been so awkward for people to come to visit Paul, but he welcomed them and he got great fellowship. While he was in house arrest, he also proclaimed the kingdom of God. That, I mean, you, obviously he was a preacher, right? You, you, you couldn't stop that guy from speaking. He shared about God. He shared about the kingdom, but he also taught about Jesus during his two years. I want you to be thinking about, you know, the last nine weeks and how much perhaps you've taught about Jesus. Think about it. This guy was chained. He had somebody chained to him and he was able to teach. And he also wrote during his time of house arrest as well. And all of this was done with a guard chained to him. One of the things I love about Paul that is amazing is that in the midst of challenge, he did small acts of faith and love. He welcomed people. He proclaimed the kingdom when he could. He taught, he wrote, he shared, he fellowship. Sometimes it's easy to think that it, you have to do something big in order for God to do something amazing in this world. And yet all throughout the Bible, God uses ordinary people to do small acts when they can, you know, and do amazing things with that. Are you shocked? I mean, this guy was chained for two years in, and tied to a home, and yet he still kept doing the love of God. He still kept exercising his faith. And sometimes for me, it's hard to wrap my brain around this idea that 
the ordinary people did small acts of faith, love, and kindness, and it changed the Roman Empire. Think about that for a second. But that's exactly what happened. So I want to take a little quiz with you for a second, okay? A little bit of a quiz here. And write your thoughts down on this, okay? If you have a piece of paper, answer this. What is the world's tallest mountain? Think about that. What is the world's tallest tree? Who is the richest man in the world today? Okay, who's what's the world's tallest mountain, tallest tree? Who's the richest man in the world? Who's the richest woman in the world? For the richest man in the world, a little bit of a hint there. You most likely shop online with that company. For the richest woman in the world, you most likely go to this because it has great, go to this store because it has great deals. Number five, what is the longest chapter in the Bible? Okay, short quiz, right? Let's see how you did. Here are the answers. The tallest tree, tallest mountain, Mount Everest. Tallest tree, Redwood. The richest man in the world, he runs Amazon, right? Jeff Bezos. He is worth $113 billion. Uh, the second richest man in the world. Do you know who that is? You, you, you run his software on your computer. Microsoft, right? Uh, Bill Gates at $98 billion. Richest woman in the world. Alice Walton at $54 billion. Her, her father owned Walmart. In the longest chapter in the Bible, one night, Psalm 119. You probably did pretty good at this, right? If, if those of you who, who did pretty good, amen, that's awesome. Now I want you to think about this. What's the world's smallest mountain? What's the world's smallest tree? Who is the poorest man in the world? It's not you, by the way. Okay, it's not you. <laughs> I know sometimes I go, I'm the poorest guy in the world. It's not us. Who's the poorest woman in the world? And what is the shortest chapter in the Bible? I'd like to know how you did in that quiz. Here are your answers. The smallest mountain in the world is Mount Wickaproof. At 486 feet is the smallest mountain. The smallest tree is the dwarf willow at one to six centimeters, one to six centimeters. That's the world's smallest tree. The poorest man in the world, not you. It is Jerome Curvio, who's a French trader. He is in debt with six. He was a trader. He lost all of his money. He got into debt. He is in debt of $6.3 billion of debt. The poorest woman in the world, I have no idea because I, I Googled it and I couldn't get a name. And the shortest chapter in the Bible is Psalm 117, I believe, with two verses. And when you think about this, you know, how did you do in the test? You, you probably did better on the first portion of the quiz. And it goes to show the point. The quiz was obviously given to prove the point that we tend to recognize, respect, and remember 
those things in life that are the largest, that are the most grandiose and that the, the biggest, while we tend to give little thought to the small or ordinary or the seemingly insignificant things in life. And yet in God's world, small, ordinary, seemingly insignificant things are often used to make a huge impact or difference in the world. For example, David used one stone, small stone, to slay a Goliath. A mustard seed becomes the largest plant. A pinch of yeast, just a little pinch of yeast can work through 50 pounds of dough. Uh, five loaves and two fish with Jesus can feed 5,000 people. And so in God's world, often the ordinary, seemingly insignificant things can make a huge impact. And so what can we do in our everyday life in, in when, when we go through our pandemic, as we're going through our isolation and lockdown right now? What can we do? I'd like you to consider the little way. This is the practical today, is to consider the little way. There's a woman right here. Her name is St. Therese of Lisieux. She's a French Carmelite nun. She lived in the 1800s. This is, this is something that I studied about in my third semester of school, and I'm done with my third semester. Amen. It's, I have so much more mind space right now. But as you go about your daily life, I, I want you to consider the practical tonight of the quarantine practices. You know, they, they, he, he, he fellowshiped, he shared, he taught and wrote. But to consider what this is, it's called the little way. And it was made famous by this Carmelite nun, St. Teresa of Lisieux. And she lived in the late 1800s. She was 15 years old when she joined the monastery. She died at age, age 24 years old from tuberculosis. Now, the Catholic Church, I believe, is over 2,000 years old. And as of 2018, there's only been 36 saints that have been recognized as a doctor of the Catholic Church, or another name for doctor was teacher. It comes from this Latin word, docir, which means to teach. But out of 36 saints who, be, who, were, who were appointed or recognized as doctors or teachers in the Catholic Church, out of those 36, there's only four women. And this was one of them, and she was the youngest out of the four women. She was not known for doing anything huge, anything big. She didn't start her own convent. She didn't do some kind of large deed that just radically changed everything in, in Catholicism or the Christian faith. That, that's not what happened in her tradition. She is known as the little flower because in her heart, she developed a way of life called the little way which was doing acts of kindness, of faith and love, because that's how much love she felt from God and from Jesus. And so because she felt that kind of love, this ordinary woman did little acts all throughout her day where she could. She did small acts of faith, of love. She helped somebody. She smiled. She didn't do a grand act. She's known for doing this practice called the little way because it's rooted in the love of God and the theology of God, that God extends love and embrace to humanity that killed his son. And it's in this theology that 
we become mindful of that our lives become way more significant than we think by expressing that faith and love that God has had for us. You know, she says, what matters in life is not great deeds, but great love. Amen. I want to show you a project that I did. I did a project. Shout out to the teen ministry, to all of our teens. But we did a project uh, this past semester of five weeks of practicing the little way of doing acts, small acts of kindness in, in their homes. And I wanted them to do it during the pandemic where they would practice and extend little acts of kindness to relationships that that rub them the wrong way or that perhaps irritate them or cause frustration. <laughs> so if you, if you've been at home and, so, and you've noticed sometimes your teen was doing some kind acts, well, they were, they were participating in this project for five weeks straight. They were pr- participating in a project of learning how to do small acts of kindness with their closest relationships. And it was a profound thing. I ended up writing a 18 page paper on this. And the results that had, and I really want to lift up all these teens here because they did such a great job in it. Uh, totally, totally inspired. I really, there's so many stories to tell, but I want to tell one. And one of the stories was by a sister named Cash. You know, I, I believe she's a senior. Uh, she works at Wiener Schnitzel. And while she was at work, people were being their normal selves, stressed out, rude. And during her five week time of practicing this little way, she was working with her boss. She came in early to be able to come in early so that her boss could leave early. She was attending to the needs of her boss when her boss was going through difficult times and being stressed out. And while at the window, customers were rude and other people trying to get food were rude. And, and she was practicing the little way every, you know, all as many times as she could and, and encouraging her boss and being kind to her boss in the midst of stress. And it got to a point where one day her boss got open about all the things she was feeling. Her boss is two years younger than me, 48 years old. And her boss ended up being open with her and just broke down crying. And here, here Cash was, here Karina Warren was practicing the little way, just a little bit of kindness whenever she sees her and extending faith, hope and love. And, and her boss just ended up breaking down. And when we were in our, when we were in a group setting like this, talking about what we were learning, Cash was sharing how, man, what I learned is how important it is to be kind. That when people are going through difficult time, a little bit of encouragement can change their life. And it certainly changed her boss's life and changed and transformed Karina's life or Cash's life along the way. We, we ended up having such a great time. So I really want to lift up the teens for participating in, I owe you guys dinner gang, uh, who participated in this. Thank you for, for practicing the little way. But when we're thinking of the little way, it's easy to think, to just get so overwhelmed that is, am I going to really make a difference in this world, in this life? And the answer is yes, but it may not come about the way that you may think about it. The little way is meant to be a communal activity. In, in my own Christianity, I'm so caught up with the individual, in, in individualized mindset. But the little way is meant to be done in a, in a communal setting 
that small acts matter. It's not about doing, you don't have to write a book to make a difference in this world. You don't have to start a, a nonprofit. And if you did, awesome. But for most of us, we probably won't start a nonprofit or write a book or, or start a monastery that, you know, helps ministers get healed. I mean, you don't have to do that in God's world. We can do the little things every single day in people's lives that make a human, a tremendous difference. But you, we have to change our mindset. It's one thing for one person to do the little way, but to have a thousand people do the little way, it changes the game. So I want to encourage our church to think communally in everything that we do, that when we do things, think about how we can do it, how our group can do it. Small acts are required, not large acts. It's where we're intentional, not accidental. And I appreciate the teens going through that because they were intentional in everything that they did. And so let's learn to think perhaps a little different that when we do it as a, imagine if everyone in the congregation, imagine if our whole congregation did a little act every day, man, the difference that could make in the world. I want to thank everyone for pushing through and, 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 and digging deep as they go, as we go through this pandemic because it is a challenging time for us. So what did Paul do? In his two years, well, one of the things he did, he ended up writing. He ended up writing the four epistles, or what is known as the prison epistles, where the book of Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon were written while Paul was in house arrest. The amount of encouragement that we get because this guy exercise his faith and put it down on paper and penned it. And we gain so much encouragement. We go through difficult times by reading his letters that he wrote during this time. Not only did he do that during the two year time in prison. Here's also what he did. Check this out. The Romans were the ones that were persecuting all the Christians. But because he was in chains, because he knew all the guards and was sharing his faith with the different guards that ended up sharing, that ended up talking about him. Look at this in the book of Philippians in chapter four, verse 21. It says, greet all the saints in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send greetings. All the saints send you greetings. Check this out. Especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The very emperor that was trying to destroy Christianity did not realize that because of the faith of Paul and the, the small acts of faith and love of the disciples in their everyday lives, that right under his nose, people were becoming disciples in Caesar's household. That's how inspiring small acts of faith and kindness. You go, how did that happen? We don't know, but we do know it shows the resilience of resiliency of the gospel in difficult times that the gospel will spread. God's word will go out and affect people's lives tremendously if we just open our mouths and do simple things. So as you go into your discussion groups tonight, think about the quarantine practices, fellowshipping, sharing, teaching. You may want to take a picture of this. I'll send it out to the leadership after this. But as you're in your discussion groups, think about what is one area that you're doing well in, in these three practices right here. How are you doing it? Fellowshipping, sharing, teaching. Everyone's doing good in one of these things. What, but also what's an area that you could grow in? Talk about that in your discussion groups and then close out your discussion group with a group prayer and pray for the group 
for communal intentional intentional acts of faith and kindness and love being extended to not only one another, but to those in our world as well. And so what did we learn tonight? I'd like you to consider the first quarantine in the world was Noah's Ark being in quarantine for 364 days. Our lesson tonight was entitled Quarantine, how Paul used this time for two years under house arrest. We looked at his quarantine practices of welcoming, proclaiming, and teaching about Jesus. And sometimes it's hard for us to think, perhaps, that one act that we do can make a huge difference, but it does. Let's. How can we do it? Consider the little way. Small acts of faith and love can go a long way when it's done in a communal, intentional way. Do what you can, when you can. Well, why is this important to know? Well, it's because how you use your time will define who you are. How you use your time as a group will define how effective of a group you will be in, how effective of a church we will have. How you spend your time can change the world in which we live in. And I'd like to close with this thought, that the secret weapon for gospel advancement And we may have to do hospitality in different ways, obviously through social distancing. But the secret weapon for gospel advancement is hospitality. And you can practice it whether you live in a house, an apartment, a dorm, or a high rise. The world could use more ordinary Christians opening their ordinary lives so others can see what life in the light of the gospel looks like. So as you go about your way, today into your discussion groups, remember, consider the little way as we go through this pandemic together. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your attention. Have great discussion groups. Good night. You've just listened to the Metro LA podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.